Hey friends, this is Hannah Wedger, an agriculture teacher in St. Paul, Minnesota, land of 10,000 lakes. And I'm here to talk all things agriculture education related, curriculum, classroom management, FFA, career development events, SAEs, and whatever else you wanna hear about. It's basically me sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with all of you. So let's dig in. Hey friends, it's Hannah here. Before we get started on today's podcast episode, I just wanted to let you know that it is a live recording of our virtual coffee. So Sarah Nursewick and I decided to come together and do a virtual coffee to help agriculture teachers during this time um, of digital learning. Uh, So you will notice that there might be a few times where it might be quiet uh, and we are just providing our um, listeners or our group in virtual coffee time to kind of think about questions and chime in. So you might notice some weird awkward silences and that is just people thinking and coming up with ideas for one another. We will be alternating whose podcast the virtual coffee is uh, posted on. So next week, you're going to want to head on over to the Green and Growing podcast, Sarah's podcast, and she will have virtual coffee, our second one, posted over there. And then you can just come back to mine for third and so on and so forth. We hope you enjoy, and if you have any questions, please contact myself at agwithmisswedger at gmail.com, or you can contact Sarah at um, eggteacherhowtos at gmail.com. Have a great day. We are going to hop into Spotlight Teachers, and um, these are people who either asked Hannah or I in a DM a question. We were like, hey, why don't we do this at the spotlight instead of you just getting an answer from from me personally, my one opinion. Why don't we get opinions from 56 other people who are in the same career as you? So um, we are going to start with Kelsey. Um, Kelsey is from Pennsylvania um, and we were chatting on Facebook and I thought it would be a good idea that that, his problem would be something that maybe a lot of us could pour into and then also get some information from. So Kelsey, if you want to unmute yourself and let people know what's going on and then we can try and answer your question. Sure, thank you, Sarah. I hope everybody's doing well. Um, As Sarah mentioned, I am from Pennsylvania and I'm a teacher here uh, in central Pennsylvania. Um, So far, uh, our school has been quite different than most um, from the state, I guess. Uh, my wife is also an ag teacher, so that's kind of cool, um, seeing how we can bounce other ideas um, off of each other and things like that. Um, but one thing that has, has been kind of constantly been um, on the the note for us as teachers at my school district is to not provide instruction to students, um, but rather to give them an extension of learning. Um, so that has been one of my biggest um, concerns so far as to what we are actually supposed to be doing uh, with our teachers and, and with our students to provide that adequate instruction um, to provide that learning that they need to continue on. Um, one of the other things that had been one of the um, biggest factors for me going forward with this is how to uh, implement this idea of virtual learning um, 
but going on the same lines of the school district saying that we are not going to be virtually teaching online. So that's kind of been one of the biggest uh, concerns for me moving forward. Uh, I personally uh, feel very confident uh, and able to provide materials online. Uh, I'm Google certified and, and all that. We actually use Schoology for my um, school district. So that's been something, to, something else to work through. Um, but I'm just excited to hear other people's um, ideas and how to get around um, providing that adequate education for each and every student, whether they be the, the top of the class or the bottom of the class. Great, thank you. So um, drop your ideas in the chat. I kind of summarized it for you guys as well, like not able to provide new instruction. So if you haven't hit this unit, you can't teach it, only extension on past instruction and then you're not actually virtually teaching which i assume sounds like kind of like this you're not able to do this with your kids so drop it in the chat and then i might call on you to like expand um so i see melanie would you like to expand on that for kelsey um sure so i went to um teachers pay teachers and found a template for a um, board game and i just tweaked it for um for agriculture, so like my animal science kids, every semester they have 40 words that they have to know. I'm at a career center, so it's a little bit different. I have my kids for two hours and 40 minutes every day. Um, and so anyways, they have four, 40 vocab words they have to know. So I am making it a requirement to where they have to use 10 vocab words that are from those 40 words, and they have to implement it using um, different things. They can use, you know, a board game like Monopoly and, you know, change it to ag, different things like that. Um, I've also encouraged them to make it more um, personalized. So like if it's a plant, the plant class, they are more than welcome to create the board game as a plant, if that makes sense. Uh, make the outline of a plant or something like that. Um, and I'm, I haven't assigned it yet because this, this week is our first week, um, but the administration already did that for us because last week we were on spring break and they didn't want to do anything. So I'm implementing this next week. So I'm curious to see how this is going to work, but I know that my administration is really on board for us to try this out. So hopefully it works. There are a ton of ideas in the chat and I cannot keep up with them. Um, uh, anybody want to expand on what they said? Thank you for all this awesome input. Sarah, uh, on another note, I wanted to, to mention too that um, since our school district is saying that we're not allowed to teach online or teach virtually, uh, we are also not allowed to count anything as an assignment um, or put it in the grade book as anything that is graded. So I didn't know what other people were also doing for this as well. So can I add something? I didn't. I know that I, I was just reading an article um, from, I think it was the New York Times or something like that, that, that the difficult part of all of this is that the United States Department of Education is saying that that's the truth. Like we can't virtually offer classes or virtually take grades. Students can't, um, their grade cannot be lowered during this time, meaning that if a student chooses not to do the work, you can't really
give them a zero or lower their grades. But I think the difficult part is that every state is interpreting that differently. <clears throat> and then within each state, every school district is also interpreting that differently. And so we're being sent mixed messages that, oh, it's enrichment. Oh, wait, no, in this school district, it's not enrichment. And, and I anticipate within, I, I anticipate within this week that the United States Department of Education is going to pass that down to every state that, and, and I almost think, yeah, we can provide enrichment lessons for students, but if they don't have to do them, um, the majority of them aren't going to take advantage of it. Uh, so my way of dealing with this is, is not to sweat it too much. Like I'm providing lessons for my students to do, but I, I feel if we're getting unclear messages from the higher people that get paid more than us and make decisions bigger than us, then um, it doesn't make much sense to stress out about it. Some things that I saw on the chat um, focus on SAEs, you know, that eventually will be a grade, but if you're going to go back in May, like say we get to go back or April, um, those are graded later in the year. Um, virtual field trips I saw on there, agri-science fair projects, those are all, you could call any assignment an extension of learning um, and say you've only done plant science like through your quarter, you could require it require it on there. And I totally understand what you're going from, Anne. We have the same thing. They have two weeks after we return to make up any work. So why would they do it if they don't have to go back? Integrity, that's why they will do it. Also, I am going to save the chat, okay? And I'm gonna try and put it all together because there is some gold in here. Gold, and I cannot keep up with it. So I'm gonna save it as best as I can um, and have a place, maybe put it on the, my blog or something. Okay, we have about a minute left for Kelsey. If you have anything else added in the chat or feel free to like, just go ahead and talk. I guess, I guess what I'll say is it's really interesting to see how different districts are handling this. I, I didn't realize how different it was. Um, and I think the main thing is we have to find activities that students are going to want to complete during their time home. I mean, we're competing against Fortnite and TikTok. So how can we incorporate that into like what we're assigning? So um, I know I've done TikTok assignments before as a choice. Um, I have a little choice board. I pulled it up to, to look at it. Podcasting, that's something that they can search on their phones that don't necessarily need like internet. They can take their favorite song and turn it into content related, you know, rewrite a song so that it's related to animal systems or things related to career prep, make them work on their resumes, um, uh, work on a, a cover letter. Those are skills that they're going to need no matter what. It doesn't necessarily have to be 100% content related. It can be workplace readiness related. Just an idea. Thanks, McKenna. And that is a great segue into McKenna. Uh, she is our next Spotlight teacher, and she is from Virginia. And why don't you just take over and tell them what you're dealing with? Sure thing. Um, so one of the things that I am struggling with right now is, is the uncertainty of when we're coming back and how that affects FFA. I know that some states have already canceled their state conventions. Others have not had their state conventions yet. Um, also trying to think about 
So I'm preparing students for CDEs. I need to elect new officers for the next year, green hand and uh, chapter degree applications, scholarships, all those different things. So I'm just trying to get ideas of how we're engaging and keeping our FFA members kind of involved and not breaking their spirits. Because I know right now a lot of FFA members' spirits are a little bit broken. Um, so how do we spice that up? <laughs> Okay, lots of good stuff going in the chat. Instagram Live FFA meetings, virtual officer meetings, um, doing a virtual FFA meeting this week. Abby, do you wanna talk about that a little bit more, how you're making that work? There we go, can you hear me now? We are doing our virtual FFA meeting just like this, actually. Just like this. So we have sign-ups where people have signed up to come to a specific date and time. And then we just email them the link. I have no idea how it's going to go, but I'm hoping for the best. We have had a lot of people sign up, so they're excited about it. Um, Michaela just said something about a service project challenge. Do you want to talk more about that? I love that idea. Uh, sure. So in my state, my mentor ag teacher, actually, she, their chapter is having a service project challenge. So they picked a specific day and from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., they're supposed to do as much service as they can. Um, so it gets them out, kind of like trying to be out in the community, getting them out of their house, period. But it's kind of um, on hers. It says you want to email pictures and then the person with the most service will win a travel voucher to the next competition. And so you can give some incentive to it. It can be, hey, these need to be part of your volunteer hours for your degrees and things like that. So that's, that's what my mentor teacher is doing and my chapter is going to adopt it as well. I'm seeing a lot of people transferring their applications for green hands, officer applications to electronic to send out, which is a great idea um, to continue the path, just like you kind of were. Um, how many of you have postponed your banquet? Yeah, I have too. Um, okay, anybody else have something on there? There's lots of good stuff. I have seen something that we're going to try this week is kind of on the service thing and it's something they can do from home is writing thank you cards for all those industries right now that are keeping things afloat. Um, so that is another idea as well. Can I have a question um, about plant sales. I don't know if that was like something that's already been like discussed because I got on late, but um, like I have a greenhouse full of stuff and like the only way I can sell it is through my own, like using my own personal Venmo, Google Pay, all that stuff is people transferring money to me. And I was just wondering if y'all think that's something that's more like just a baker's forgiveness versus an ask for permission, because that way at least I get the money you know, versus having a greenhouse full of dead stuff. 
um, if I can't get rid of it. So what, does anybody have any thoughts on that? Katrina, are you still on here? I know yeah, she didn't. I am. Okay, will you talk about how your chapter did it last week? <clears throat> well, we're actually doing it right now. So there's this app called Cheddar Up and my CTAE director actually is the one that told me about it. And you put all of your inventory on this app that's also got an online platform. And so when I was putting stuff on, I of course used the online platform and um, it, you're able to take checks electronically or they can hand it to you when they get there that you can take cash or you can let them run credit cards. And it has been amazing, like, because we have three schools that combined greenhouses in our county to do our plant sale. And so it's over like 15 grand worth of plants. Um, and so like I was freaking out and I didn't know what to do. And so this app, we've already sold, I would venture to say tomorrow is our first pickup day, official pickup day. And we've already sold, out of all of our Boston ferns, all of our succulents, a lot of our bedding plants. And we're kind of doing it like the Walmart pickup where I already have all their plants separated. And tomorrow when they come up on the app, they were able to put their, uh, what kind of car they drive. And so me and the other three ag teachers will be there tomorrow and we'll just put it in their cars. And so our system really is big right now on social distancing. And so like, there's no interaction with people. It's just, here's your plants, have a great day. And we've taken, one of the big things that we prided ourselves on was taking pictures of the plants of our actual, you know, in our actual greenhouse. And so we've told people like, our plants are high quality. This is what you're gonna get. These aren't, you know, stock photos offline, um, but, Okay, somebody asked about the percentage of your sales. I made the people pay for that because like Venmo charge or uh, Square charges you like a percentage of your fees when you run a credit card. And so I said, they since it's a fundraiser, they can pay for the fee or whatever it is. And I think it's like 10%. Um, and then the app is called Cheddar Up. It is amazing. And if you want, um, I have it all over my Instagram and you can kind of look how mine is set up. Um, I did lower the prices of what I would normally charge just because I wanted to unload the plants because I still had about two weeks left of where I could push the plants to be held, but I just want to get rid of them in case we're out for even longer. Can you link your Instagram in the chat? Oh, never mind. I did. I just got you. Um, all right. That was awesome. Again, all the chat stuff. Um, we might bring back plants in a little bit. Um, and Hannah, I'm going to pass it over to you for the next two spotlight teachers. Okay. Um, so I know one is at a meeting right now, but the other one is here currently. So um, Kristen is from Minnesota, and she had messaged me about um, in Minnesota. Sorry, hold on. Come here. Come here. Okay. So she had messaged me that. Um, okay. Say hi to everybody. 
Yeah, this is the reality of teaching at home, huh? You want baby sharks. Okay, so anyways, she had messaged me that in Minnesota, we have to um, basically take attendance. So I'll let her explain that. Kristen, do you want to go ahead? Uh, yeah, so every day we are in charge of taking attendance um, or accounting for our students. So we are fortunate that most of our students have um, internet accessibility, um, but every day without turning in an assignment necessarily, we need to somehow account for them. So they're responsible by 1159 every night um, to somehow log in or to show us they're there virtually. Um, I'm wondering what are some good ideas or some ways that you might be implementing that? Um, people are, go ahead. Oh, um, I haven't had to start it, but I know that remembering college classes that I've taken that we had to, the a professor would put out a question and we had till a certain time or date to answer each of them. I don't know if that would help with the, at least logging in and answering a question. Um, and then just put a new one out the next day. I'm not sure if that would fulfill what's being asked of you, but at least an idea. Tanya Nickerson has done a really cool attendance question. Tanya, if you can hear me, can you talk about yours? Yeah, so in my normal class, I ask an attendance question to do attendance every day, just something totally random. And so um, if I had to do that, I would just ask that question and have them respond to it. I've been doing mine every day through Instagram. Um, which isn't like an act, my actual form of teaching. It's just in addition to my Google Classroom. But if I had to keep attendance, I would do the attendance question thing. Just my idea. A few people had said like taking your normal bell ringer and just making it into a Google form would be a good idea. So if you already have that warm up startup bell ringer idea just make that question and you can easily do that in google forms or maybe on um, whatever app you're using somebody just talked about canvas um, i don't know anything about that but um you know google classroom canvas schoology Oh, somebody just brought up something great. Um, Kendra talked about uh, the AET. They can log their hours on the AET too um, as class time, uh, which they just go where they would log SAE hours, click on class time, um, and you'd be able to do that. For those of you that are using Google Forms to do that, I see some of the people in the chat talking. Are you using the same Google Form every day? And then just like some of you said, logging that time and trying to split it up that way, or are you making a different Google form for each day?
If it were me, I would do a different Google form for each day um, so that you have a timestamp for uh, your administration. Um, if they're go getting to the point where they want you to, uh, you know, account for attendance, that would give you a backup. It, it's got a date, it's got a time. And so if a kid were late doing it or something like that, um, then you would be able to know all that information and you can be able to keep that in that spreadsheet and you can share that with your administration pretty quickly. All right, anybody else have anything for Kristen's attendance question? All right, go ahead, Hannah. Okay, um, so the other person that I have, I think just popped in, um, it is another one of my Minnesota people, um, Kelsey, and she had a question um about let's see here have it um modifying um assignments for special ed students so kelsey if you are here i will have you explain that a little bit more yes i made it <laughs> my question struggle area right now i have a couple of students who get heavily modified assignments and activity in my intro to mechanics class and so I'm trying to figure out how to make sure I have something that's like of value for them that they can do independently because they're not going to really have a lot of support necessarily at home. And so I'm just kind of struggling with how to help them. Some stuff coming in, um, recording yourself reading for read-alouds, um, and somebody brought up that that's maybe why we're not able to actually give grades um, in some school districts. Something else I thought of is being able to have a one-on-one -on -one call with them as, what, as well. Something that are, um, if you have any support with your special ed department, being able to ring them in with you, and maybe you could have a call with all three of you. Um, to fit that. Something I added on my Google check-in form that I do once a week with my kids is, do you want to set up a meeting with me? Yes or no, or maybe. And if they said maybe, we're about to set one up. Um, and then I'll be able to this week when I'm not teaching to set up something like this to help, help them through, through that process. I see a lot of like, um, well, a couple of people that said that the paraprofessionals um, or the aides are still supposed to be checking in with students and supporting them. I don't know that that is what our district is doing, but that might be something to check with your district and see if how they are supposed to be utilized. Um, 
looks like in Google Classrooms, we've been asked to add our special needs teachers so that they can assist. Um, I know that within our district as well, a lot of the special education teachers um, have said to send them assignments and they can help modify them. Um, looking at some of these other ones relate to their IEP goals maybe their goal is writing so assign them to write and complete sentences in a journal um, so maybe trying to assign them assignments specifically that are just helping them meet their IEP goals versus content sorry One other thought that I had is that sometimes I think that modifications are just best practices too. I mean, if it's really highly modified, sometimes that is difficult. But in this whole virtual digital teaching world, I think that modifications for all students might be appropriate. And that's just my own opinion. But I think about students having seven online classes, like I don't think that I could do that well. Um, and so just thinking about, okay, what supports would I provide those students? Would they be appropriate for all of my students given this time that we're in? Kelsey, it might be helpful. What classes will you be teaching during this time that you need to modify for? Sure. So right now, my one that needs the most modifications it was in intro to mechanics um for two um students um bcd students and then we also have one that is very low reading skills so i like something that the ideas of recording yourself reading i think that could be helpful for them and then we are having our parents help us in class so just having conversation with her about what's going to be appropriate and how we can help them i think will be helpful so yeah, that's my biggest area that I'm struggling with because mechanics is hard to begin with for everyone just because we can't be in the shop and doing things. I see the ICEV um, for mechanics, which if I understand right is free for all egg teachers now because of all of this stuff. Um, I've looked into that for floral design as well, but I wonder if that might be an option for you to be able to provide them with some content that way. Might be something to look into. I know that you've also are like me and overwhelmed with all the content to look into, but that might be something that is good. Um, yeah, a lot of people are saying I second what Hannah says about something that fits all students, these options of maybe extensions. So maybe we're doing modifications for all students and then having extensions for those students that want to go further. Um, 
Mm. Yeah. Oh, ICEV is really behind with all the requests they're getting. <laughs> okay, um, a couple of people have said um, different, sorry, this is just hard to keep up with all of you guys' great ideas. Um, create a guide or a booklet, some type of uh, pamphlet or PowerPoint that's something shop related and then they, um, that they've always wanted to do, and then it maybe could be modified for special needs. So a couple of different ideas there. Um, I do think we have one more person too that maybe we can spotlight. Um, but these are all great ideas. Hopefully this helps you out a little bit, Kelsey, and I'm gonna think about it a little bit more too. I am not a mechanics teacher, because that is not my wheelhouse. Um, but I think that and a lot of the different things that we're finding could potentially be modified for your class as well. So I'm gonna hand it back on over to Sarah. All right, we're gonna do a, a speed round uh, for this last one because Hannah and I wanna have enough time. We have two more things for you at the end. But um, Kate, you had a question. Um, if you want to bring that to everyone, you can go ahead. Hi, you guys. Um, so I wanted to go back to the greenhouse questions just really quick because some of you are at a point where your plant sale is happening already, like it's that time of year because of the zone that you're in. But I'm up in Michigan and we are a month and a half away from plant sales still. And so I'm just curious on how you're managing the greenhouse up until that point. Or are you doing a fire sale and saying, sorry about frost, we're just you can have them if you want them and it's your management. Are you discounting that? Um, kind of what do those things look like for you? Um, I think one of the biggest things, like when I have plants that get really big, really fast, like cucumbers, um, my cucumbers are like massive. Um, don't, don't baby them so much. Uh, like I, I had a pear pro last year who would help with my greenhouse, um, when I first got there and she, every day, like she was watering them every single day. And if it's cloudy and I know like today here, it's cloudy and rainy and it's like 50 degrees. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna water today i'll wait till like tomorrow when it's supposed to be sunnier um so that they you know it kind of makes them hold out so they won't grow as quick because if you water them too much it gets too big you get too quick and i'm running into that problem also I think also everyone's just in a holding pattern. So there might be a way for you to still have your sale. I mean, we don't know right now. We don't know about anything. Um, but I like a lot of the people are saying, you know, they're still going to school and taking care of the stuff they have to take care of on their own, which is just the way it is, kind of like summer. Um, and maybe just, uh, you know, figuring as you get closer, you'd have all those options. And then all these people who've already had their plant sales, 
if we have another coffee in May, we'll be able to tell you all the, all the good and bad of plant sales online. I know that a couple of people are posting and this is our school too. Like we are not allowed in the building or on the grounds. Um, so what are you doing if you're not allowed to go to the building to water plants? So I know that one of them would probably be to set up like an automatic watering system. Um, but for me, that would probably cause me too much stress and anxiety thinking about if it was actually getting watered or not. Um, I am wondering, Kate, are you able to like, my first thought when you were starting to talk about this was like, send home a flat with your students, like each of your students, hey, whoever wants to take home a flat can take home a flat. I mean, I know that it's not a fundraiser that way, but I don't know, then maybe it takes it off your plate. That was one thought that I had. Yeah, so that's definitely, you know, as we get closer to some of those things, whether or not that is going to be kind of where that goes, right? So do we just forego it as a sale and say, anybody who wants to have their garden moving forward or their flower beds moving forward, do we just promote that from our from a kid's standpoint? Um, again, we're lucky that we have an exterior greenhouse, so we can, we can go in as staff, um, but no kids. And so it's kind of that missed learning opportunity, which in turn says it's kind of a missed fundraiser opportunity in our world, like we can sell them, but um, it just seems kind of silly, right, to um, make a fundraiser that the kids don't get to have any part in. So it's just, like you said, that ex added stress is tough. And so it's just a, just a curiosity question of how others were managing how to survive taking on that load that wasn't originally theirs, right? I am not the plant science teacher at my school, um, <clears throat> but I have a friend at a neighboring school who is working with his local southern states to facilitate his plant sale like they have an agreement that they're going to buy up all of the plants and sell them from there and that's a way that we can like support each other we can send all of our customers to that store and they're not up to the same like restrictions of of the school like telling you that you can't be there as much so that's just a possibility i don't know a lot about plants but that's something you could look into is like you're a local business and working together, you know, forming a partnership to help make that sale happen. Uh, yeah, I'm also, um, I'm in Virginia too. I, I see uh, McKenna's Louisa sign behind her. Um, a girl that's also in Virginia that I know that's a plant science teacher has actually, actually reached out to True Value also. Um, and what I'm doing is I know of a, a small business that um, they typically will like raise like slips and stuff to take to uh, farmers markets and whatnot, but they got started late and um, a lot of our like farmers markets and stuff are canceled. Um, so what I'm doing is I cut my price for her um, by like 50% because I literally just want it gone. And um, so she's gonna, she's gonna get what she wants and she's gonna get a fair bit of it. And then it's kind of like, well, that's where the, like the cheddar up comes in. It's like, you, you gotta do something with the rest of it because I just, I really hate to see plants go to waste. Sarah and I hope that you enjoyed the first ever virtual coffee. We hosted it on Zoom and we will be continuing to do it every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We would love if you joined us. Have a great week.
You just finished listening to Ag with Miss Wedger, where I'm sharing chapters from my book of agriculture with each of you. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned a little bit more about our topic for today. Visit my Instagram at Mrs. Wedger to follow along on my daily journey as an agriculture teacher, a wife, and a mama of two. If you have any questions or ideas on topics you want me to dig in and cover, or if you, yeah you, want to be a guest, you can send me an email at agwithmisswedger at gmail.com. I hope you have a great week and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye everybody.